0: On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Dan Aziz from Pre-Mama Wellness. Man, what a story these guys have and absolutely inspirational uh, with one of the biggest pivots that I've actually heard uh, going from... Uh, I think it was close to about 10,000 stores that they were in, uh, or 10,000 doors, as, as he likes to say, uh, to essentially getting rid of the wholesale side of their business, which was multiple, multiple seven figures, um, but quickly uh, pivoting uh, into direct-to-consumer. I, I learned so much from this episode. I'm actually going to go back uh, and listen to this one again. Um, I really, really hope you guys like this. Uh, yeah, I'm just blown away. Before we begin, we wanted to let you know some really exciting news and something that we've never talked about before in the podcast. Our team at Mindful Marketing is growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co apply and start the process today. Now, on to today's episode. All right, I am here with Dan Aziz from Pre Mama Wellness. Dan, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Oh, thank you. Thank
1: you so much for having me, Jordan.
0: Yeah, totally. So like every good interview, I know this is going to be a good one. I know we're going to put this one live because we've chatted for 20 minutes now. So <laughs> I feel like I say that at the beginning of all the interviews that I actually go live. I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be a good one. This is, this is absolutely <laughs> Dan, tell yeah, our listeners. no, 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 no. This is great. <laughs> tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, personally, Danny Dan Aziz, uh, from Toronto, Ontario originally, but uh, now I've been in the U.S. for 13 years. I uh, came down here to uh, study entrepreneurship at Brown University, and that's actually where um, pre-mama was, was born, no pun intended. But uh, pre-mama actually came out of a combination of two things in my life. One, a passion for entrepreneurship, um, kind of was always the kid who never had a I can't even think, aside from a little bit of construction work, never really had a real steady job. I was would know, throw keggers in high school and charge $10 a person to come in, except for my friends. And that's how I'd make my money for a couple of months. I was also a carded athlete by the Canadian government for rowing. So I did row for the Canadian junior team and Canadian U23 team. That gave me some funding for school and for fun. And so I, I was always more interested in, in kind of my, my own approach to making money. And so combine that with growing and athletics in general i also always had a very big passion for supplements and uh while at brown studying entrepreneurship uh there was a class you had to be a senior to apply to and if you got in um then you were part of kind of a 20-person cohort that was basically a harvard business school class taught at brown and the purpose oh. of that class was create a business you could sell for 100 million dollars and so because of um I was accepted in that class, and I thought because of my interest and my experience with supplements, I would go to Whole Foods and start there. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to start. I actually had a credit card idea that I showed my professor. I had an idea for athletic um, kind of rollout massage type products, which would have been good if I stuck with that one back then. But the professor didn't see the market in it. But uh, uh, I, I decided supplements was something I really knew well, and so. Um, went to the whole body section in Whole Foods and asked some pregnant women what they wish was there that wasn't already, asked some women what they wish was there that wasn't already there and came across some pregnant women who complained about prenatal vitamin pills. I was a 21-year-old guy. I had no clue what the word prenatal meant, so I was a little lost. (laughs) You had to get that explained to you first. (laughs) I didn't ask them that. I just was like, oh, pretended, and then I went back and Googled it, but um, I did think it was interesting that they told me that this was a vitamin that their doctor told them they had to take. And this is going back 2010, 2011. Yeah. Uh, And most supplements back then, and even supplements now aren't endorsed by the medical community. They're becoming more, and I think more, more and more approved of, uh, or appreciated now. But back then, I think some people saw supplements as just snake oil Um, and you never really, especially, uh, you know, online supplements, you didn't know what you were going to get. Um, so, so, to hear that these were actually universally endorsed by doctors was one intriguing. And then, two, the point that they said that they had to take them, but they came, um, and there's not many supplements you have to take. So, for a doctor to tell you, you have to take one, I th- also thought was interesting. And the third piece was they wanted it in a different format p- than a pill. And I'd taken protein powders, I'd taken pre workout, uh, amino acids, all of which came in other forms than pills. This is before gummy vitamins, this is before VitaFusion hit the market and exploded yeah. with a new format outside of pills. So I, I really thought this presented an interesting opportunity. And I went back, looked at it, the market, saw that every big vitamin company and pretty much every big CPG company in the world plays in prenatal. Um, but it's such a small piece of their overall revenue that that's likely why they never gave it much attention. I mean, if you're a mm-hmm. Bayer, for example, you're uh, you know, a tens of billion dollar pharmaceutical company and then Bayer owns one a day, which is a billion dollar multivitamin brand and Bayer's prenatal one a day, um, does 20 million a year. So overall to them, they're like, it's nothing. And so, and that's, and Bayer is one of the market leaders in the category. So I thought, okay, so here's, this is probably why, let me see if it's a bigger issue, this is why the big guys aren't doing it. Interesting. It's endorsed by doctors. Interesting. They have to take it daily let me understand if more than just these couple women I met have a problem with this pill or if it's a universal problem. And I went, yeah. and I spent with a couple of my classmates, the next six weeks standing outside of pharmacies and grocery stores, um, talking to women who either clearly were pregnant. You never want to guess if someone's pregnant. So that's the <laughs> made sure they were clearly pregnant or were, uh, you know, had a baby in a stroller who had clearly just gone through a pregnancy and um, asked them, you know, what if they took prenatal vitamins, if their doctors recommended it and whether they enjoyed it. And basically hundred percent took them hundred percent said their doctors said they had to take them. 96% said they wish there was something beside the pills. So this is, that was kind of my, Oh wow. There's a big opportunity here. So let me, what was the sample size on this, Dan? That was 300 women that I, we interviewed over six period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So kind of found that there's something here. I'll keep pursuing it. So that now that enter that was followed my senior year at Brown now my spring of my senior year, I decided to do an independent study with one of our professors to continue pursuing this, um, ended up creating a prenatal drink, uh, like a, almost like a vitamin water for pregnancy because vitamin okay. water had just yeah. sold for, I think a billion or whatever they sold for. And so I thought I'll just create a vitamin water for pregnant women. And so that was kind of the initial offering. And I ended up winning the Rhode Island business plan competition on that with that business plan and with that product, the month I graduated from Brown in May of 20, wow. So, that gave me $50,000, $25,000 in cash, $25,000 in services, uh, like free office space, legal accounting. But oh, I had the nice. Tech, uh, in New York, um, offered to me for uh, investment banking. And I also was looking at law school in Chicago. So, and even looking at potentially going overseas to Oxford. So, I was, had all my mind was everywhere, like most 22-year-olds. I didn't know exactly what go I wanted to do. And uh, I just thought, you know what, I could always go back to school. I could always... Go back to try and be a banker. Why don't I give this thing a try? Yeah, and so I decided to move permanently to from Toronto. You know, went back to Toronto for the summer. Decided to move permanently back September 2011 and try and see what I could do with this cash money, the twenty five thousand cash that I would won in the services. So I incorporated um, and started to work on building up my advisory board. And uh, you know, I, and I quickly pivoted away from the idea of a ready to drink vitamin water type approach to a powder drink mix. It was lighter on the go because I just couldn't picture a seven-month pregnant woman going to a Costco or a Walmart and picking up a 28-pack of 16-ounce waters of pregnancy (laughs) water. Uh, (laughs) It makes sense. So uh, made the pivot, uh, kind of built out an advisory board of experienced entrepreneurs and uh, some OBGYNs, some medical specialists, fertility specialists, some- some Yep, can, we, yeah. can we talk about
0: that for a sec? Because yeah. that's that's super interesting to me. Uh, th- that's not something we've really explored on the show before. W- what was that process like building out an advisory board? Because I love, uh, just a quick aside, I love boards. I love getting um, advice from other people. We have a mastermind yeah. um, uh, for the fact that you can just run ideas by people who have done it before. W-
1: what was that like building a board? Well, it, to me, for me, it was... Um essential because what I knew was I knew $25,000 cash wasn't going to get me product in the market (laughs) and sell it. And I knew that I needed to raise capital, but I also knew that I was a 22 year old fresh out of college male who had zero experience in pregnancy, zero experience as a father, zero medical experience. And, you know, really all I had going for me was tenacity. Um, And so I I knew that I needed to surround myself with people smarter and more well-versed in this area than me. Hmm. Um, And so the way I went about doing it was by offering equity, um, common shares, kind of one and a half percent in general, a small amount, but enough to get them interested. And probably most of them at the time, excuse me, um, thought, yeah, I'll help this kid out. These are probably gonna be worth nothing. But yeah, totally, totally., you know, I'll take the flyer, take a couple phone calls and yeah. see this thing goes. And so I you know I went out to my network of people, either professors I knew or you know people I knew from back in Toronto to, to see who do we know collectively that has been there, done this in this area. And I got connected to an older man, Manny Stern, who's still a friend of mine today, although he hasn't been on the advisory board a long time. He actually called me yesterday out of the blue. He's about close to 90 now. But he started he created a prenatal vitamin chocolate business back in the early 90s that failed because back then the ingredients were too hard to mask with chocolate. It still had you have iron, which tastes like blood, you have DHA, which tastes like fish. And even in chocolate, (laughs) it couldn't be masked. But he had built he'd built and sold a business to Sarah Lee before he was a food kind of flavor expert. So I brought him on. I brought on, I cold called a woman who was coined the world's number one marketer to moms. And she'd written, she's written seven or eight books now. On how to market to moms, and was kind of the at the forefront of mom blogging back in the late '90s, early 2000s. Launched wow. her, her mom first mom blog website back in the early dot com boom. Um, the OG mom blog, exactly. Very OG mom blog, very well known in the mom blog sphere. So she was one I actually gave more equity to because she had her own equi- her own agency called BSM Media. Um, so we gave her five and a half percent. Everyone else got one and a half. But they BSM then took care of my marketing at least short term Oh, that for
0: that for that, percentage. For that five so, and a half so
1: i got very interesting yeah. right like for for people who are listening right now like there are so many creative ways you can bring people on yeah definitely um, and you can make it you know we we kind of we had five and a half percent invested over four years so if you notice that the performance isn't there after year one you can turn you can terminate and they've yeah. only vested a quarter of that five and a half percent um so it's definitely a unique way to get people's help. And I suggest that whenever you bring on any advisor or any equity partner, you know, it may seem like better, you know, cheaper than cash to you at the moment when you're starting out, but as your business grows and becomes successful, you're going to wish you had every single share you could. Um, oh, totally. That, if when, when you're, when you're like a that,
0: 20, 20 million dollar company or yeah, yeah. One and a
1: half percent of 20 million is, is That's nothing a lot to, of money. to laugh at. So, um, so the, so, you know, I think what one thing we did do is make sure everything vests so that if it wasn't working out, we could end it and they'd only earn what they vested um, and yeah. make sure it's cliff vesting. So it has, does not vesting every day, it vests on that one year anniversary. Yes. Uh,
0: Super. We're, we're working through that with, we've got lots of deals and stuff right now. And that's one, one thing that I think is very clear. Uh, I, I the, sorry, I totally agree with that. Uh, making sure that it's timeline, timeline based.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay. So for, yeah, so for the advisory board, we, you know, made sure everyone was cliff vest, uh, cliff vesting. So they would invest on the annual date over a four year period. And we brought on, as I said, some entrepreneurs who tried to do something similar in the space years before some marketing experts, we brought on some doctors. And I, I felt this was necessary in order to make me someone people would want to invest in because I myself did not have the experience as hard as I'd like to th- th- think I work and as much as I believe in myself, I needed to give other people more reason to believe in me totally. and the idea and validate the idea further. And by bringing on some you know key advisors who were experienced marketers, who were experienced entrepreneurs, who were uh, doctors and fertility specialists, I think it sent a signal to the outside investing world that you know these people are are giving their time and effort into it. Um, so it's probably worth my time. So fast forward, did the board, uh, you know, graduate September, two, September 2011, start to build out the board, start change from a drink to a powder drink mix, um, raised my first kind of capital from friends and family in, in February of 2012, uh, $4 okay. million. Dollars, um,
0: and that, and like, what was that raise like? Like, was that, was that difficult from friends uh, and family? It, like,
1: it's it's you know, maybe may in some of the most difficult and easiest money you'll ever get because um, it's, it was definitely a quicker process than rate. I've raised Joe you know, friends and family i have raised angel networks. I've raised private equity. I've raised venture capital. Um, you know, the friends and family definitely moved a lot quicker, but um, I did, you know, they were the ones who, I guess once I presented them the deal, the money came within a couple of weeks, but to get to that point was a year of work of me refining the product, building the advisory routine, more refining the board, because I, the reason it was hard money is because these are people that you're gonna have to see every day, every year, totally. regardless of what happens with the business. <laughs> hey, Dan, how's our investment? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a couple <laughs> of them made sure to remind me that, like uh, you know, one guy, um, one of my good friends, his father, my his best man asked for some money to invest in at his wedding and uh the guy spent it not just irresponsibly but you know, almost illegally and uh my friend's dad hasn't spoken to him since and that's his best man and so wow. i know that you know if i once i got their money it put on a whole new level of pressure not to say that there is some pressure with any investors money but when these are the people you see at you know at your holidays at your gatherings there are people who have known you your whole life you do not want to disappoint them um yeah. and and it's not like you can just move to a different city and forget them they're always going to be a part of your life so i think it really forces you to think about every single dollar you spend and make sure it's maximizing overall value for them which is what a good ceo should do in general um, so raise that quarter million launched first beta product shortly after that just in Rhode Island which was a you know ready to drink kind of crisp natural ver, crystal light for prenatal um vi- a prenatal vitamin alternative so still had all the ingredients that were in the pills in a one-a-day sachet that a, a woman could mix into water juice oatmeal yogurt bake into a cookie if she wanted whatever she whatever way she felt best to get it down um i'm gonna and did you did you have to go through like the fda
0: to get this approved, um, so... or
1: what was that process like So for supplements, the FDA doesn't necessarily regulate it. They regulate the facilities that they're made in. And so one of the advisors I brought on, the one who was in the food business, was the one who got me introduced to some of my contract manufacturers and vendors who I still work with today. um, Okay. Years later. Uh, And so they are regulated by the FDA. They are what are called GMP or good manufacturing practices certified. Uh, They have certifications, all these different QC checks, quality control. So, what the FDA does regulate, though, is your claims, so and complaints. So they, they're, you don't necessarily need their stamp of approval to launch, but once you launch, you know, if we were promising pregnancy, I'm sure we'd get a knock on the door from the FDA. So we, very, we have FDA lawyers who come through everything we say on our packaging, on our website, to wow. make sure it's all validated and backed up by clinical studies. If we're referencing any kind of strong claims, or that the language is you know soft enough, so you never say anything like you know, guarantees or, um, uh, even like, if you're talking about like nausea for pregnancy, you can't say like alleviates or reduces. You have to say like may help soothe symptoms of like, Oh, okay. Wordsmithing uh, is kind of how it, how it comes across. And then it all needs to be backed up by clinical studies. So they do regulate in a way, but going, getting to market is actually quite simple. Uh, it's a little bit tougher in Canada because in Canada, you actually have to get Health Canada approval. You have to get an MPN, a natural product number from yeah. Health Canada. And they review all, similarly, like what your lawyer does, they review all your claims and they have certain language that you're allowed to use and certain you're not allowed to use. So they'll tell you, here are the five claims your product's approved for based on the ingredient levels, you choose what you want to say. Um, totally. so We've got a client in that, in that space yeah. in Canada. Yeah. So, um. So we launched this beta product in Rhode Island and, you know, had about six stores here and that's 2012, 2013. I of a second product. I started going, I'm, I'm a one man shop at this point. Um, so I start going to Manhattan one week every month and I sleep okay. with my friends and I would uh, go door to door like a salesman to all the mom and pop pharmacy, natural food stores from Harlem all the way down into Brooklyn. Um, yeah. And by the end of 2013, I got into about a hundred Mama pop stores in, in Manhattan as well, as, as well as some regional whole foods. Um, so okay, nice. So it was growing and growing in retail. And we had two products, both powdered prenatal multivitamins 2014, um, you know, started to get some good proof points from those, those interactions in Manhattan. And that was a great learning experience because I was, I wouldn't, if you can avoid it, don't do it, hire someone else to do it. But I was, you know, going, I was living on a couch, going door to door, but I was speaking directly to the store managers who spoke directly to the customers. So I got great feedback on packaging, great on merchandising, great feedback on price, on ingredients, almost like having a direct consumer website. But my direct consumer was these managers who had knew their customers because they'd run these stores for decades. Um, So great learning experience that helped me, you know, present data and then refine it to to, to target who then wanted to launch us into a thousand stores in 2014 um and we were the first powdered prenatal multivitamin to go uh nationwide in retail in the U.S. and so target at that point 2014 I realized I'm going to need more money to support target and some help so I set out trying to raise a million dollar round led by angels and there's an angel group here in Rhode Island called Cherrystone which ended up leading our round um we ended up being oversubscribed and took a 1.4 million but they That round took 15 months to close.
0: Hey guys, just a reminder from the beginning of the episode our team at Mindful Marketing is growing, and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we are only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply to start the process today. Now, back to today's episode. So can, can we walk through this? Because this, this yeah. is not something we've really chatted about a, a ton on this podcast before. So what is that like? So, So you get angel money. What do they take? what are they so getting for that 1.4 million that they, that they put in without having to be too, too specific, yeah, yeah. but like, just so people know, like, Hey, should I be raising money? Especially these inventory heavy businesses. I mean, that's probably the main that's reason why you yeah. had to
1: raise all this money. It because of the inventory and marketing. Um, and, but it's uh, so at the end of the day, they're getting equity or they're getting shares. And so what yeah. they'll do, is they're looking at, you know, what is this, what do they think this company's worth? And to be honest, you know, Companies at that stage, at that age, you could be worth a range of things. Someone could decide you're worth $20 million just on your idea. They could decide you're worth $20,000 because you have no sales. And it's um, got
0: nothing to do with with profit
1: or EBITDA or anything like not, that? Not really. Not at that stage. I think it's there's not there's less science, more gut. Um, and okay.
0: also- so the angel stage is, is much different than like a classic
1: valuation. Uh, early angel. And then later okay. on, yes, it gets more classic. But I think, you know, I'd say... Your, are you you know, they're, they're more going on potential market size. Okay. Your experience, okay. your team, let you, yeah. the product less so on sales initially. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. So if you're someone who's already sold a business for hundred million, you might be able to command a $20 million valuation with zero in sales. If you're someone who has no experience, no good team, no advisor network and just a product, they probably won't invest at all. Um, yeah. Or yeah. they might you know, give you a hundred thousand dollar valuation like you see on Shark Tank. And yeah, course, Totally. You know, <laughs> so there's a and there's a huge range in between, but um, so you go, that that though is usually you have to apply to be even interviewed. Then you get interviewed by one person that they like it. They bring it to the whole angel group. Then you present to the angel group, and then some of them have an actual fund where they have two people who just write checks, and you can get a nice big check from the fund, and it works like a VC. But most uh, you present to the group, and you might present to a group of sixty group people and they just decide if they're in or not individually so you oh, could, okay you could do all that work and you can get one person in for five thousand dollars or you can get all that work and you can get 60 people in for ten thousand dollars and get a six hundred thousand dollar check you really don't know they'll be able to tell you historically here is what the group does on average you know each deal gets a quarter million or three hundred thousand dollars um but there's no guarantees uh and and so that's kind of the process it's a long process Um, But we raised that money. I brought in my first hire in November 2014, and we launched into Target. At this time, I had already started developing a product for fertility and a product for for lactation. Um, The fertility product was new. It was the first uh, over-the-counter fertility product in the market. It's what we're probably most well-known for today, often Amazon's choice for. It's our best seller. Um, Mm. And so we were the first to launch that product in the U.S. and first to go nationwide at retail with it but that was something we were working on in 2014 lunch launched 2015 and lactation teas existed at the time. Um, but we felt that those like the big prenatal horse poles were also outdated, um, for today's millennial woman, not everyone has time to make tea every day as much as they might like to. So I thought we needed a more on the go, uh, delivery system for them. So both the fertility and lactation were also powdered single serving sachet powdered, uh, drink mixes. Um, And the importance of the the fertility was with the prenatal, we found that it's very hard to find that customer because most women don't announce to the world that they're pregnant until three months in past the first trimester. And by then they're already on a prenatal. Um, If they're planning, they should be actively trying to conceive. They're supposed to be on a prenatal already. Technically Marsha dimes and and all OBs would say be on a prenatal three months before you even conceive. Um, 50% of pregnancies in the U S are unplanned. That doesn't mean they're, you know, one night stand it just might mean that you and your partner aren't necessarily trying yeah. um and if that's the case uh then usually, you usually know, a woman will realize hey i'm late uh on my menstrual cycle go get a pregnancy test and now seven or eight weeks have passed um since she actually got pregnant you know six days yeah. i should say and then they'll go to the doctor and they doctor say get on a prenatal so yeah. it's very hard to find that person at the I'm trying because people don't want to announce they're trying in case they don't succeed or in case totally. there's miscarriages and the, the, the probability of that is it's it's a real it shouldn't be something people are fe- fear or it happens to you know 10 15 percent of the population so it's a yeah. normal normalcy with pregnancy it's taboo people don't like talking about it but at pre mama we like to tackle taboo subjects and make it you know make women and, and families understand that they're not alone going through those struggles um, but I bring this back to the fertility product was we needed to find a way to get to these women quicker uh yeah. before the before prenatal vitamins because we knew we couldn't find them on facebook we knew we couldn't find them on google necessarily uh we weren't going to find them at you know in the doctor office so because by then they were they are already on something so we needed to get to them before they even needed a prenatal and that helped yeah. us really take off uh because it's we brilliant really-
0: it's, a, it's such a such a good idea
1: yeah. And we were lucky, right time, right place. Like re- clinical research just came out in 2013 on the, some of the ingredients that were clinically proven to improve egg quality and ovulation. Yeah, And so the timing was right, right. It was really well there. That fertility product, you know, because it was unique, it was the first of its kind It ended up doing really well. A lot of people bought into that. And then it was a gateway to introduce the prenatal. And then the lactation was a way to bookend that. So that's 2015 We're you know, in thousand targets, we're growing, by the end of 2017, we'd raised another $3.2 million, this time from kind of private equity. Um, and uh, we were in about 8,000 doors in the United States. So we sold in the wow. CVS, Walgreens, GNC, Vitamin Shop, Sprouts, Target. Um, and at that time, we had eight products, all still hyper-focused and pre- and post nailed Because what we want to do and what we still really believe in is being experts in one area. We're not trying to yeah. you know, easily launch a woman's and Multi tomorrow. That's not hard for us to do. Uh, we could easily launch Kids Multi, but we don't want to dilute our messaging, our our, our, our focus, and our energy. We want to we want to be the one stop shop for pregnancy. We want our ultimate goal at Mama is to be uh, the first place a woman and a family think of when they want to start trying, because uh, totally. they know that we have the supplements. We're actually coming out. I'm getting ahead of myself, but we're coming out with medical device testing, um, and and we're really working on building out our content and community so that we'll have everything they really need to get started with the education peers to talk to who are going through the same stages, uh, the supplements to help you improve your chances and the testing to help you see how your how your improvement is going. Um, so that's kind of the, the big picture that we hope to be at in the next couple of years. Uh, but going back to 2017, we had eight procs, all hyper focused and pre and postnatal. Every proc we've ever launched, we were either first to market with or first to do it in a new delivery when prenatal mm-hmm. pills existed. Mm-hmm. We were first with a powdered prenatal. Fertility we were first with, Um, we launched a safer pregnancy sleep aid, a safer pregnancy digestive aid to try and tackle other issues, a safer pregnancy energy drink that was caffeine free and stimulant free to tackle issues that women face during this time and try to make pregnancy as comfortable as possible and really focus on the woman's experience, not just what's healthy for the baby. That is given, that's table stakes. The baby's priority number one, but most prenatals existed before just to give nutrients for the baby. Um, and that's why there were these big horse bells, and the big companies didn't really care about how they were consumed or what the customers thought about them. We want it to be all about the customer experience as well as totally. taking care of the health. Um so, but we realized you know, we had this in theory, we had this staged approach to pregnancy, fertility, trying to conceive, get pregnant prenatals. We had at that point powders and gummies. Um, and then lactation uh, for once the baby's born. We had like a 24 month cycle of products. We had AIDS throughout the cycle to help energy digestion. Um, We had male fertility, but we were most of the retailers that we were in only carried one to two of our products. Mm. So we were in 8,000 stores. It was actually kind of a nightmare. Um, We were in, you know, we had three products in 500 of 8,000 CVSs. We had one product in 2000 of of 8,000 CVSs and they were in different sets so they weren't even ever together the four products and we had three products and a thousand of seven thousand walgreens um you know one product and 1500 targets uh and so most of what we found that it was very hard to be successful and very hard to tell what really made us different which was our hyper focus on pre and postnatal, our journey of products our system uh we really hard to tell that difficult to tell that story at retail because we weren't getting the brand blocking we weren't getting and it was also really difficult to market to these retailers because we were only in a fraction of their stores yeah. even though humanly we were in a lot of stores from a brand stamp a chain standpoint we were in a fraction of the Walgreens a fraction of the CVSs, a fraction of the GNCs um, and customers would just see GNC or CVS Walgreens and expect to find us everywhere even if we have a store locator I don't know about you I can't remember the last time I used a store locator yeah totally yeah. So, you know, we
0: had, <laughs> well, cause I just buy it online.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well now you just buy it online. Exactly. But even then it's like in, in marketing programs we did, we just never knew what the return was. We couldn't tell you, we knew we sold 10 products at a store in a week, but we couldn't tell you if it was one person who bought 10 products or 10 people bought once we had no idea about CAC, no idea about lifetime value. And so we decided we needed to make a change, even though we were growing at that point. on the low end to 400% on the high end year over year. So our growth was good and we were getting closer to profitability. There's just too many unknowns. So we actually did a very drastic move and left all 8,000 retailers in January of 2018, which was 82% of our revenue in 2017. Our website was 2% of our revenue in 2017 and Amazon was 11%. We left
0: all retailers- Can you talk about what what sort of like
1: revenue numbers you were giving up doing that? Well, we were in seven digits, or I mean, yeah, seven digits. I can give yeah. you that. We were we were in the millions when we made that choice. Um, that's and, that's crazy.
0: That's yeah. a that's a massive. I'm really hoping that there's a good ending to this. There's story. a
1: good ending. There's a good ending. So, <laughs> uh, what we did was we. You know, halfway through 2017, we realized this was where we were having some shortcomings. So we did a hard look at every retailer we worked with from our buyer relationship, broker relationship, how many of their percentage of stores we were in, brand block, how many products do they carry, what their terms were, and we basically, and then what were our actual sales and our net net contribution margin, our net profit, and we realized we've never spent a dollar marketing at Amazon, but Amazon's our second biggest revenue generator, and we realized Sprouch, which is a small, relatively small compared to Target CVS, is doing more in sales and volume than CVS and Walgreens are combined. And it's a small, uh, you know, 300-store, nat- high-end natural kind of Whole Foods type uh, chain. Yeah. And then we realized we were doing really well at Target, even though we only had one SKU, but we were in all their, pretty much all their doors and we were merchandised right in, in the exact perfect area that we should be with that one SKU. And so we basically kind of took that away. And we're like, wow, we're really doing well online where we can tell our story. We're doing well at Target, which is Millennial Moms. And we're doing well with High and Natural, which is kind of, you know, I'd say the more educated savvy consumer. Um, and they also had us brand block chain wide at Sprouts. Um, and so we dug deeper into who the customers were, at each of those stores and repackaged, rebuilt our brand almost to fit those customers. Hmm. We, you know changed our packaging to a much more millennial, cleaner packaging, you know, moved away from the typical baby hues of pink and blue, yeah. And showing a silhouette on the website to being much more um kind of like an apple like i'll grab i got it right here like a you know a much cleaner approach i wish yeah. i had some the old yeah. packaging uh somewhere in here but like a much cleaner just simple unique to get the point across yeah. um and then we also went to higher end ingredients because of that natural shopper so we got rid of synthetic folic acid and went to high-end folate which drove our cost of goods up. Folic acid costs about $800 a kilogram. Folate costs $13,000. Um, wow. So, uh, but folate can be absorbed by all women where folic acid, synthetic folic acid can only be absorbed by one in two women. And most women don't even know that. And that's the most important ingredient in a prenatal vitamin. So a lot of women today are buying prenatal vitamins without even knowing that they might have the genetic, they have a 50% chance of a genetic uh, variation that doesn't allow them to to get the benefits of synthetic fol- folic acid. So they should and need to take real folate. Wow. Um, uh, most companies don't sell real folate. Um, cause it's expensive, but we decided to do that. Cause we knew we had that natural wet, savvy customer. Um, we had the target millennial customer and we had the online consumer and we combined that all into one. In January we left every retailer and we told them we'll go back to you, but here are our demands. We need to be in 80% of your chain. We need to have a brand block of at least one product from every stage. That's trying to conceive, being pregnant, breastfeed, uh, postnatal. Yep. Um, we need uh and we kind of went to the terms and at the end of the day uh and some of them we didn't even go back to just like we've had such a bad experience with you we're not going to go back there but um so we ended up launching uh, and we and we pivoted internally to a more direct consumer focus where all of our marketing dollars were going to online to drive to our website so we could actually track yeah. and learn everything so we uh, launched our new website and our first ever GTC focused business version of pre mama in May of 2018. We also target was also the first retailer to take us back in with that one SKU. Yeah. The, it's, it was the same product with higher end ingredients. So our cost went up and, and the cost uh, to target went up and the cost of the consumer went from 1999 to 34.99. Wow. So big, jump. big jump. And our velocity increased 50% that year. So wow. we sold more units at a higher price. Um, we launched our website. We went from 2% of our revenues in the seven figures being from our website in 2017 to 33% being our website in 2018. Um, About 37% was Amazon and 30% was Target. And in 2018, we ended up having our first and only ever flat year, but we still managed to hit the same revenues we had the year before, despite going from 8,000 stores to zero to then 1,200 halfway through the year. Uh, we what made happened it,
0: to, pro- to
1: profitability in there? Uh, we cut our net loss in half and we, in, we were able to hit the same revenue on one third of the marketing spend. Wow. Well, so we ended up building a much more profitable machine in 2019. We just started to double down on it. Uh, we raised another round of equity in 2019, led by um, the Canadian listeners might know Arlene Dickinson and uh, yes yes yeah. that's right yeah so we let arlene one of the our- dragons yes yeah she's fantastic um so her venture group district ventures which is based out of toronto um that are around in 2019 after we had more proof to this DTC concept we ended up growing over 100 percent from 2018 to 2019 uh online became an even bigger piece of our revenue, online and Amazon combined for about 80% or retail combined for 20. We got back into Sprouts, back into Vitamin Shop with the new packaging, the higher costs with the brand block. We went chain wide into both of those stores. So it was all working. Um, and then 2020, you know, we're doing over hundred percent growth again this year, despite everything that's gone on our velocity and targets up 90% year over year. Our velocity and Sprouts is up 80% year over year even with the pandemic. Um, our website's now 55% of our total revenue pie. Amazon's about 35% and 10 percents retail. Um, and we got whole foods launching us next year. So the big pivot wow. has worked out. We've cut our net loss year over year drastically in, in, in relation to our total gross revenue. Um, you know, our website revenue alone is up. I think it is up something like 6,500% in the last few 24 months. <laughs> <It's a> crazy! <laughs> I bet people thought you were crazy. Yeah, well, it was like they, then and, and kudos to my board and my investors who backed me to do this and and gave me, you know, the they realized that I knew we had a problem, and even though the numbers were nice on the paper that we were growing, that that problem wasn't going to get better. Yeah, on the trajectory that we were on, and they had to take a big step back to take an even bigger step forward, and so it's now worked out. We you know now heavily DDC focused. Ninety percent of our marketing dollars go to driving our to our website. Um, and that's now our number one revenue generator. We've got a great CAC to LTV ratio. We've got data on all of our customers that uh, we obviously don't give to third parties, but it really helps us understand even more how to continue to improve our products. How do what other products do they are they interested in? Um, you know, we've now built up building out the community aspect, the content aspect, so we can be this one stop shop and this resource for families as they you know embark on what might be one of the most important journeys of their life and starting a family. Yeah,
0: and nerve wracking. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. And you know, that's
1: what we try and take away. We, we bring in experts, we bring in, um, you know, we have a, a really strong medical advisory board with doctors from Harvard, Yale, um, fertility specialists. We've got great partners in manufacturing. Um, and so we've got this, you know, we're really trying to take away that fear and try to cut through the clutter to make people understand, you know, transparent on the ingredients, on why ours are, why we choose what we choose, what you need, why you need it. Uh, what yeah. you might not need and uh, depending on what stage of your journey you're in and catering a specific journey to that individual and trying to help them have the most successful, uh, enjoyable journey as possible. Wow. Dan, we're we're almost out of time
0: here. Yeah. So I got to, I got to ask you the question I ask everybody here. What yeah. is your secret to scaling? Ooh,
1: overall, I'd say I'm trying to think of a quick answer.
0: Um <laughs> I mean you've given me you've given me 40 minutes of 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 what it is, right? Like yes, of um, overall
1: what it is. I, I think at the end of the day, the secret to scaling is simply put, not giving up. If you if you give up, then that might that can mean on the business when you think things are going the wrong way, like when I think back to 2017, could have given up there and just thought, you know what, this isn't gonna work out, but we pivoted and then scaled again. Yeah. Um, I think being an entrepreneur is in scaling is kind of constantly reinventing, not, not giving up on improving your products just because you have a product in the market that's selling. It could, you could scale those sales even more if you continually do improve that product and yeah. improving your customer service, your UX, all those things. And then I also say not giving up on ads, you know, when you run an ad, don't give up on day one, if you don't see results, um, if you don't see results after a couple of weeks tweak and then expand again. So kind of giving yourself the, the, to me, I guess one du- distilled secret to scaling is giving yourself the freedom to learn and improve constantly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's great.
1: Great stuff. And <laughs>
0: Dan, where can, where can people find out more uh, about you?
1: Uh, me personally, I keep a pretty low profile. So just LinkedIn. Um, but uh, Dan Aziz, Aziz, Aziz or Aziz, we pronounce it both ways. Canadians crazy. And then, or, more importantly about pre is www.premamawellness.com.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. I think people are going to get a ton out of this. Awesome story. I love hearing the, uh, all these funding rounds and, and figuring all of that out because that's something that I think a lot of our listeners haven't done or don't realize that that's yeah. a way to access capital. If um, you can do
1: it without, oh, kudos. All the power to you. I mean, you you do lose, you have to give something up when you take that in, but it does help you, again, scale and it helps you. Um, I think it definitely can help you succeed faster if, if you are able to bring it in and find the right partners. Remember, it's not just about the money, it's about who the money is coming from and how they're going to help you aside from totally, the right totally, check. Totally, totally. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Jordan. It's absolute pleasure and uh, enjoy BC.